to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Then be in a church properly. Amen. Be in a church properly. Don't hide. There's nothing that you need to hide. So I'm just checking you out. Is that a good thing? Yes. I guess there are some few people who are at work, but there are others who just don't care. There are some also who are not on at all, neither here nor there. What a shock. Christians, and I tell you, those are the troublemakers. I'm checking them out. They are not in church. Troublemakers. What a shock. Amen. Wonderful. All right. Well, we are still in our feeding 527, and we want to continue sharing. And I think we are sharing a very timely message. We are talking about backsliding. How many of you think that this is a timely message that we need to share? Today I was in another branch, one of our other branches, preaching, and um, we were blessed. We were blessed, and I believe by the grace of God we are also going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So we are talking about backsliding, and we are preaching from our prophet's book, backsliding. Develop your staying power. Develop your staying power. And so the reason why we are sharing this message is that you will develop your staying power. The power to stay a Christian and to continue to walk with God is to overcome the causes of backsliding. Is to overcome backsliding. Hallelujah. Not to backslide. And last week, we began sharing about some of the principal causes of backsliding. Amen. We talk about some principal causes of backsliding. And the first one, what did we talk about? We talked about shallowness. Shallowness is a cause for backsliding. When a Christian is shallow, you will backslide. You will not last in the ministry. Amen. And we read a scripture in Luke chapter 8 and verse 13. Luke chapter 8 and verse 13. Jesus himself 
telling us about shallowness, how that it is a cause for backsliding. And he says, they on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and they have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. Amen. So there will be, your shallowness will become relevant in a time of temptation. In a time of testing, that is when your shallowness becomes relevant. You know, as you are walking around, as you come to church, as you pay your tithe, give offerings, pray, do all kinds of things, we don't know how shallow you are. You know, when things are looking great, for instance, about more than a year, how many years is it now with the pandemic? Is it almost two years? Not yet, but close. November, December will be two years. But more than a year and a half ago, we didn't know many Christians amongst us were that shallow. We didn't know. They would come, some of them were in the choir. They were singing. They were here every Sunday, weekdays, and so on and so forth. But we didn't know they were shallow until the time of testing, until the pandemic came. Then we realized that many Christians are shallow. Many amongst us are shallow. And the time of testing proved it. Amen. Amen. And last week I was sharing with you, it's just like a big tree that is, you see outside. It looks big with branches, leaves, and looks very mighty. And that is how some of us look like. We look very mighty on the outside, but we don't have roots. We don't have roots. And you can be a very big tree. If you don't have roots and the storms come, you fall. When the time of testing comes, what is going to hold you is the roots. So if you buy a tree and you plant it, listen, for pastors, for the church, all that it can do is to pour the word on you. Pour the word on you. When you buy the tree, all you can do is you find a good place where there is enough light and you plant that tree. You make every environment possible, convenient and rich enough to make the tree stand and to grow. Are you hearing me? So you choose a nice airy place with a lot of light and you plant it. And then you have the duty of Pouring the water, watering it every time, watering it, watering it. And your intent is that it will take root and it will grow. So it is we do in the church. We plant you by the grace of God in a good church. This is a good church by the grace of God. It is a good church. And we have planted you where there is enough light. Giving you all the opportunity for you to grow. And by the grace of God, we preach some good messages to you. We read the scriptures and we explain the scriptures that you, the simplest of person, can understand. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the water is poured upon you. The water is poured on you. The water is poured on you. The roots that will develop, no one can do for you. We can pour the water on you. We can pour, we can put you in a good place where there's enough light. 
But as far as the root is concerned, no one can do it for you. So when the light is coming and the word is coming, you ought to utilize it and build yourself roots. And that is how you always stand. Say amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? What is the next thing that we talked about? Emptiness. Emptiness. When you are empty, you are an attraction for the enemy. You are attraction for demons. When you are empty, all sort of demons become your target. You become a target to them. When the en- because demons are looking for dry places. And dry places is where there is no word. There is no spirit. You don't have the Holy Spirit. That is a dry place for demons. And they will come when it's empty. But when you are filled, when you have, when you are filled with the word, when you are filled with the spirit, you are not a place for the enemy to come. So the enemy knows who is empty. You can look on the outward as someone who is filled, but the enemy knows that you are empty. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The Bible says that they go to and fro, seeking whom they may devour. Hallelujah. So emptiness is an attraction. The next thing that we want to talk about, the next cause of backsliding is lust. The next cause of backsliding is lust. Amen. Last is the next cause of backsliding. So if a pastor sends someone to organize something and you disrespect the person, you ignore the person, who are you ignoring? You are ignoring the pastor. You are disrespecting the pastor. It's a scripture that we ought to meditate on. There's a lot of wisdom in the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Okay. So last, number three, last. Now last means having a strong and excessive desire for something. When you have a strong and excessive desire for something, it is called last. Amen. Last is something that you have such a strong desire for that it becomes uncontrollable or it becomes obsessive. You want to have it by all means. And that is an evil desire. Anything that you want to have by all means is an evil desire. Anything that you have such obsessive desire for is an evil desire. Amen. Now, anything that you have such a strong desire for, you realize that it is the thing that you will do. It is the thing that gradually you will do. Whenever you have a strong desire for something, you'll find yourself doing everything possible to get to have that thing or to get to do that thing. Amen. So you'll find yourself eventually gravitating towards that thing. Amen. If you have a strong desire for something, you really will find that steadily you are approaching it. Steadily you are approaching it. Steadily you are aiming towards it. 
and you find that all of your energy, all of your strength is geared towards that. In the midst of anything, that is what you see. Even when it's not there. Because you have such strong desire for it. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 9. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 9. It says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, because Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Hallelujah. Paul is saying here that Demas has forsaken him. Now you can see that Demas was someone who was very close or working closely with the pastor. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I mean, many people leave the church, many people come and go, but for the pastor to say that this person has forsaken me, that means that he was really doing the work with him. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He is a known person. He was not just an ordinary church member. He was probably in line to become a pastor. He was perhaps a senior shepherd or a deacon or something of that nature. You see, but Paul goes on to explain to us why Demas left the ministry work. Why Demas forsook him. He said, having loved this present world. He said, Demas had forsaken me having loved this present world. That means the forsaking of Paul was a result of demons having loved this present world. Or oh, you don't understand it. It's very simple. He forsook the ministry. Church work was not interesting to demons any longer. Ministry work was not interesting to him any longer. And Paul goes on to say that the reason was that he loved this present world. Love is a real powerful thing. Love is a powerful thing. You see, Bishop says, love is what explains why a young lady will leave her parents and marry a virtual stranger. You know, and leave. You know, a young lady will be raised by her parents, live in the home, be fed, educated, be clothed, provide all kinds of things, discipline, everything, and then she will meet a young man within six months, one year, he says, I'm leaving everything and I'm going. I'm going, I'm going with him to Canada, I'm going with him to Europe, I'm going with him to South Africa, wherever he's going, I am going. And the result, any, the thing that can make a person do that is love. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's love. And so love is a very powerful thing. Love is a very strong thing that can cause people to do things. So lasting is something that you ought to watch for, to be very careful of, to know what you love. Amen. 
There are some people that say, I love money. You know, and they say, I love my job. Why would you love your job? And you don't hear them say, I love my pastor. I love my church. I love the work of God. I love evangelism. How often do you hear that? They say, I love my job. I love my, I love money. There's some women that say, I love my apartment. Have you heard that before? Or I love my house. Amen. And sometimes it's evident. I'm telling you, the thing that you love is what you gravitate towards. When you love your job, you find yourself that you will sacrifice and do anything to be on your job. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You do anything possible, you will drive in the snow, very dangerous snow, you will drive in to get to the job. There are people who work in hospitals. How many of you know that when people are sick with COVID, the place they go is a hospital? If you don't know, how many of you know that? They go to hospitals. There are people who work in a hospital, who work with public, who work with people they don't know. And they are willing and ready to go to this place. But they are afraid that there's COVID in church. If you go to church, you have COVID. Are you hearing me? I tell you, what you love is what you gravitate towards. They are willing to wear a mask for 12 hours. Not regular masks like the way you are wearing. They wear N95. You can't breathe. For 12 hours, and they put another one over it, and they put a mask over their face, and they put a bouillon over their heads, and they wear gowns, and they wear gloves, and they wear all kinds of things, and they are sweating for 12 hours. And they are happy to do that, but they are complaining that you have to come to church and wear the mask for two hours. I can't stand that. I, can, I cannot just stand that. Hypocrisy. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I'm just preaching. And I'm showing you what you love. And sometimes, if that is what you love, then keep it to yourself also. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But Demas, he had lust for the world. So all along, Demas' heart was in the world. That's what he loved. And eventually, that is what he drifted towards. I could imagine how demons would assist the pastor and they will visit someone or people will come to the church and demons will welcome them, first timers, and then he will welcome them and then, wow, your tie is nice. Wow, look at your suit. Hey, as for us in the ministry, we can afford these things. And look at your shoes, designer shoes. Hey, wow. Look at the watch. Hey, brother, how much was this watch? Checking out the woman's hair, 
and women's clothes and I can't afford this for my wife. Look at this. <laughs> the ministry we are suffering of. See, this is what's his heart. Constantly. He will go to, he'll go to someone's house for visitation and admiring flat screen TVs and, you know, admiring the house. Hey, eh, is that where you live? Wow. Hey, some of you are enjoying all, you see. So all along, that was his heart. All along, that was his heart. You take your phone and you are taking his number. Oh, Pastor Demas, let me check to take your number. Hey, wow. Which iPhone is this one? Is this iPhone 12 or 13 or 15? Hey. As for me, my, I have iPhone 6. <laughs> so eventually, as his heart was in these things, it, he drifted towards it. He drifted towards it. Having loved this present world. Amen. There is nothing wrong for you to have a desire. There's nothing wrong for you to have a desire, but to last after these things. Look, the Bible says God knows that you also have need of these things. God knows that you also need to have iPhone. What is the latest one now? I saw 13. 13. 13 Pro. That you also need iPhone 13 Pro. God knows that. You have need for these things. But he says, don't let this be your desires. Don't have a lust for these things. But for you, seek after the kingdom. Just focus on the kingdom. And these things, he will add to you. I'm telling you. And I have realized, I have realized that one of the ways that you can see how deep you are going with God is that you get to a stage in your walk that these things don't mean much to you. I tell you, you get to a stage in your walk with God that certain things don't mean much to you. They don't mean anything to you. you I mean, you, you realize, I, I am speaking from my experience, that as I grow in the Lord, I realize that certain things don't mean much to me. You know, I just need something to keep me going. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Recently, I was sharing with a young man that my dream car, you know, and they were all waiting to hear, what's your dream car? And I said, my dream car now that I want to buy is a cross track. (laughs) Just to buy the cross track. And they didn't, ah, reverend, cross track? One of them asked. You see, when you grow in the Lord, you realize that you don't have a desire for certain things. They don't mean much to you. You just want something that can take you back and forth. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And what I have realized, what I have realized is that when the Lord sees that your desire has moved out of these things, he adds them to you. He adds them to you. He gives them to you. That is what I've realized. So pray about your desires. Hallelujah. Don't last after things. Amen. There are women who have strong desires to get married. Strong desire to get married. 
some women leave the church because of this desire that I want to get married and it's not happening here. Let me go somewhere else. Oh yes, someone left the church because of that. Someone came to the church and then she realized that it's not happening here. And she left. And it wasn't a secret. She says, it's not happening here. Amen. First John chapter 2 and verse 15. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. Are you listening? If you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. If you love the world, the love of God is not in you. He says, for all that is in the world, listen, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. All these things are of the world. You will never find someone who is proud that he's, an, he's a pastor, he's an usher, and he's proud and just showing off. And it brings you humility, even knowing. The things that bring pride in us, the things that cause pride in us, it's the car that you drive, the house that you live in, the shoes that you wear, the clothes that you wear. Are you listening to me? The watch that you are carrying, the phone that you are carrying. The education that you have. Amen. So he says, these things are not of the Father. They are not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passeth away. The world passeth away, and the last thereof. The world, that's what, passeth away, and the last thereof. Your desires, all of these things, they pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. You know, not too long ago, one of our, one of our colleagues, one of the doctors that I work with, you know, I mean, about a year or so ago, you know, they were organizing something and he offered his house. He offered his house for the people to come and gather. And everyone that went, they came back talking about his house. How big, how huge, the many rooms, the decor, the this, the that. And everybody was talking about it. Are you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you look at the photograph they took there, you can see that it was a real mansion. And not long ago, just a few months ago, the whole house was on fire. The whole house was on fire. I still have the video of the house burning because people were sharing and they sent it to me. The whole house was on fire. And the only thing that he could get out of the house was a car. That he moved the car out. Everything was on fire. And his children, of course, and his wife made it. 
And I took lesson from it. That indeed, the lust of the flesh, all these things, they pass away. But he that doeth the will of God, abideth forever. Abideth forever. Amen. The word of God is true. The word of God is true. Amen. James 4.4, he says, Ye adulteresses, adulteress and adulteresses, adulteress and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Amen. And I think you read this in the loyalty book that when you have a friend, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, you, you know this Orangu or this person who talks a lot about the church, causes commotion, says all kinds of things about the church, and that person is your friend. How many of you know someone who is like that? You know someone who has a friend like that. And that person is your friend. The person talks a lot, says all kinds of things. There is not one thing that comes out of this person's mouth that is constructive to the church. Anything the person says is something that can potentially destroy the church. And if that person is your friend, then you understand that you are enemy to the church. That is what the scripture says. If you are friends with the well, so you can't say that, oh, he's just a colleague. Oh, we just went to school together and we still talk. We just, we don't talk about church. Are you listening to me? So God is saying, if you have friendship with the world, you become his enemy. If you have lust for the world, you are becoming enemy with God. If you have love for the world, you are become an enemy of God. Amen. Amen. There is nothing wrong, as I said, to have a desire. But a desire that is so strong and excessive, it can destroy you. The Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of thy heart. You desire, you delight yourself in Psalm 37 and verse 4. You delight yourself in the Lord. That is what he says. That is what Matthew 6.36 says. You delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you your heart desires. Amen. Amen. So any strong desire, a strong desire to have a car will take you out of God. A strong desire to have a house will take you out of God. A strong desire to have a husband will take you out of God's path. A strong desire to have a wife will take you out. A strong desire to have children will take you out. A strong desire to have money will take you out of God's will. Amen. So you kill the desire. Bishop says here that one day he saw a small snake in his house, in his garden. He said there was this small snake in the garden. And it looked like a baby. He said it looked very much like an ordinary worm. But it was definitely a snake. So I said to myself, if I don't kill it now, one day it will kill me. I thought it is too dangerous to leave this thing alive. 
Let me kill it now. I decided. Amen. So this is how we must deal with our lust. That is how we must deal with our lust. James 12, James 1 verse 12. James 1 and verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. You are tempted when you are drawn away by your own lust, by the things that you lust after. You'll be tempted, and that's what draws you away. So he said, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Hallelujah. So you see, this is how you deal with lust. When you see that you have such a strong desire to have something, kill it. Kill it. Find negative things about the thing. Think negative about the thing and kill that lust. Because the scripture is saying here that if you don't kill it, it says, then when this lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. So you are there and you feel that, you know, you have this lust. You know that you have lust for money. You have such strong love for money. And you, it seems to you that you are coping with this lust. You still are a Christian. You still come to church. You still pay your tithe. When you make this money, you give some of this to God. And so you have this strong lust for money. But you seem to be coping with it. You have this strong desire to get married. It's in you. But you seem to be coping with it. You seem to come to church. You have not left the faith. But what the scripture is saying is that this last is like conception. It's like pregnancy. And when it's conceived, when it's conceived, it's going to bring forth. And what last brings forth is sin. And sin, when it comes, it follows death. Hallelujah. So lust brings sin, and sin leads to death. And we're talking about spiritual death. Your lust can make you backslide, and you go to hell. Amen. So tell somebody, kill the lust. Say, kill it. Amen. I want to give you one more, and then we close. The next one is bitterness. 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 What is bitterness? Bitterness is the result of offense or hurts that never healed. When you are offended, when you are hurt, and you don't get healed, it leads it leads to bitterness. Are you listening to me? When you are hurt, 
when you are offended and you don't get healed, ultimately, you will develop bitterness. Amen. Bitterness is a very dangerous thing. Bishop gives an example of a man, a doctor who developed a toe, uh, uh, who was diabetic. He had diabetes and he developed an ulcer. Ulcer is, you know what is ulcer? <laughs> ulcer is ulcer. What is the other word for ulcer? Explain to your neighbor what is ulcer. Amen. So it's a wound. Ulcer is a wound. How about that? You know what is a wound. Okay. So the, this diabetic doctor, he developed a wound or an ulcer of the toe. And it wouldn't heal. It wouldn't heal when you have diabetes because there is no blood supply to the ulcer. It means that the word of God cannot get to your wound. You can, everything is blocked. When you are hurt, that is what happens. You ought to be healed. If you block the word of God, you will not be healed. And so this doctor with a toe, because it wasn't healing, that it became infected and it was going to spread to kill him. And it happens all the time. So what they did was they had to cut it off. They cut off the toe. The toe which had a wound that could not be healed had to be cut off. And that is what happens to you when you get wounded and you don't get healed. When you are hurt in the church and you don't get healed, you are eventually cut off. We preach like this and you don't allow healing to come. You are eventually cut off. You have sour relationship with your father with your mother and we preach like this and you still don't get healed you are eventually cut off from the relationship amen so hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 it says follow peace are you listening i want you to listen very carefully because you are going to be healed Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace with all men. It is in your interest to follow peace with all men. Looking diligently, looking diligently, say diligently. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. See? You ought to look diligently lest you fail of the grace of God. You will fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Wow. You see, the Bible says you ought to look diligently. That means this bitterness, it is not obvious sometimes. You have to look diligently. Be careful. You ought to be careful. Otherwise, some root of bitterness will spring up in you and eventually it will come to trouble who? You. 
it will come to trouble you. So you may feel genuinely that you have been offended. And in fact, there are things that we do that will offend you. We cannot be perfect. We cannot do the things you want all the time. We cannot do exactly what we did for this man for you. It's never possible. So you will realize that there's offense in the church. You will be offended. But guess what? When you are offended, the Bible is saying you, the person who is offended, not the person who offended you. You will think that I am the one who is genuinely offended. I am the one who has been offended and I have every right to be angry and to be bitter. They need to apologize. I am the one who is offended. But the Bible is saying you, the one who is offended, you, look, you have to look diligently lest some root of bitterness will rise up and it will come to trouble you. You are the one who will be troubled. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The Bible says you, the offender, the one who has been offended, are the one who will be troubled. That is why God says in Isaiah 43 and verse 25, he says, I, even I, I am the one who blotted out your transgressions. God Almighty, in order for him to relate with you, he says he blots, he blots out your transgression that he will not remember them anymore. Because if he doesn't do that, he cannot, he, some root of bitterness will arise and he cannot relate with you. I cover your sins. I don't remember them. I forget them. If God did not cover the sins of the Israelites, he couldn't have walked with them. He couldn't have had a relationship with them. Amen. So you are the one who needs to heal for your own benefit. Amen. Many of the things we do in the church will always come with some offense. Many things. We were late to your funeral. The pastor didn't come early. You'll be offended. You are sitting there. You see, and what amazes me, what amazes me is that, you know, your co-workers, you give them 10 p.m. Your friends, the worldly friends, you give all of them 10 p.m. And none of them showed up. You will never be angry with them. They come at 2 a.m. And you are okay. But when you are looking around, this church, they are not here. Look at them. You see? They talk about brotherly love. Look at them. Nobody is here. And what you are looking for are the church people. At 10 p.m., they have to be there. And when they are not there, you are bitter. But when your unbeliever friends don't show up until 2 a.m., you are okay with it. And it tells you that it is Satan who causes this bitterness to come out of you. Satan's intention is to uproot you from where God has planted you. Satan's intention, when the last of the flesh came and, and Eve took the fruit and this and that, and he's telling them how God is tricking you so that you don't eat this, it was to eventually uproot them from the garden. 
Are you listening to me? God has planted you in a goodly place. The pastor rushed through your wedding. You know, me alone, you know, when it was my wedding, look how fast he went through with the vows. You know, quick, 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 he read the vows. In four minutes he was done. You know, when was this person's wedding? And there's some evil ones amongst us who will even point it out to you. There are some evil ones who will call you after your wedding and they say, did you see how pastor rushed through your wedding? You know, when was this person's wedding? He took his time welcoming the person, ran down the aisle and saying this. And do. when it was your wedding, he didn't say anything. Are you listening to me? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? I want you to understand that whenever you are hearing conversation like that, the devil is speaking to you. It's the devil that is talking to you. When someone is pointing out any deficit in the church to your face, it's the devil speaking. I am telling you. After church, if someone calls you and says, did you hear how pastor was preaching? He was talking about you. It's the voice of the devil. And I condemn that voice. And may the spirit be lifted up against you to go and speak about my message. Like that. Are you listening to me? I tell you, I've been delivered. When anyone approaches you with any conversation that is going to develop any hurtful feelings in you, especially against the church. Cut that person off. Cut that conversation off. It's the voice of the devil. I tell you, it's the voice of the devil. It's the devil that wants to build some bitterness in you to get hurt. Did you see when it was your adoring, the way Reverend prayed for, I mean, when it was your baby dedication, look how Reverend was praying for your baby. You know, he prayed for almost about 10 minutes non-stop, pouring blessings, bless. but when was your baby? Look, I don't know. And for some of us, we don't know what we have done to him. That is the voice of the devil. As for us who are born in July, when is our birthday? The way Reverend, I don't know if it's the heat or some, I don't know what it is. Who is born in July? Please, I'm not. July babies. May the Lord bless you, July babies. <laughs> Amen. Need you understand the message? So when you hear a voice like that, it's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> Has Reverend called you? He has not called you. Your birthday, he didn't call you. Devil, 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 devil. Do you know what I'm doing? Are you listening to me? I'm sorry, it's my birthday. You are celebrating me, but I'm preaching like this. But you are being delivered. I say you are being delivered. Amen. You are being delivered. When is this person's baby shower? That's what they do. They bought this, they bought that, they bought this, they bought that, they bought. When is your baby shower? They bought you only what is the thing? Diapers. (laughs) 
and not even brand name diapers. They bought diapers without name. You know, it's a voice of the devil. Some people are planted in the church to be like that. And it's the devil. Amen. It's the devil. Some people are planted in the church. Every conversation they will have with you will build some form of bitterness against someone or against the church. Every single conversation. They don't point out any good thing. They don't point out any good thing about the church. May the Lord condemn all such voices in the church. All such voices. We condemn all such voices. That's bring up. You see, we are being diligent. As we are being diligent and trying to heal ourselves from the offenses that are inevitable, may you also not add to the offense. May you not add to the offense. Because we know our imperfections. We know that we are not perfect people. We know that we can't do the exact thing for this man just as we would do for th- We know that. You don't need to come and point them out to us and bring bitterness in us and bring offenses in us and bring uprootness to remove us from the great place where God has planted us. Hallelujah. A key to any joyful relationship, peaceful relationship, is forgiveness. But some people don't make it easy. They don't make it easy. Amen. So let us pray that we be healed when we are offended. When we are offended, pray that you are healed. Pray that the bitterness will never arise out of your offense. Hallelujah. Pray that you don't develop bitterness against the church. Against the members of the church. The Bible says it is in your own interest. That is why you have to seek diligently. See if you are offended in this situation. If you are offended, pray for forgiveness. Pray that the offense will be gone. And forgive the person who offended you. And it is in your own interest. Less. Less. If you don't forgive. Less. It says bitterness. The root of bitterness. cometh and troubleth you. Put your hands together for the Lord as we bring the service to a close. Rise to your feet. Let's bow our heads and let us pray. Pray. If you have been offended in any way in the church, in any form or fashion, you have been offended. There were some things that were supposed to be done for you and we didn't do it. There were some things that were supposed to be done to you and we didn't do it. There were some things that were supposed to, um, to have been said to you. We didn't say it. We were supposed to have come to your aid in a certain time and we didn't come. You have been offended by anything that we have done in the church. Pray that you be healed right now. Pray that you be healed. This is one answer that the Lord, the one prayer that the Lord answers. He says, lest the root of bitterness will arise in you and it will come to trouble you. It will come to trouble you. It will come to trouble you. Pray, pray and ask the Lord to heal you. you. Perhaps it's an offense in your marriage. Offense is 
the main cause of divorce when you are offended, when you are offended in a relationship. Therefore, pray, pray that you are healed from the offense. Pray that you are healed from the offense. write my name in the book of life in the book of life thank you jesus thank you jesus for saving me today for saving me today in jesus name in jesus name amen amen
We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come and worship with us on the Zoom platform with ID number 823-299-84436 every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God richly bless you.